0: you are tuning in to the second episode of Unapologetic Living. My name is Elizabeth Elliott and I will be your host. You may know me as a body worker, yoga and Pilates instructor, or functional medicine health coach. You may also know me for my scoliosis and spinal fusion. I'm a health and movement enthusiast and more recently, an author. My desire is to guide you to living unapologetically as your most authentic self. So I am super excited today to have Paige Pierman on our call and on our show, on the show. Uh, Paige is a clinical Ayurvedic specialist, integrative health coach, Ayurvedic body worker, and yoga instructor. Uh, She is a tantrica devoted to a spiritual practice worshiping the divine feminine and the ascension of kundalini energy for planetary healing. She's well studied in Vedic natural science and energy medicine. Her dharma is to bring these ancient healing practices to the masses and bring to the forefront science backed research around natural healing. After five years of building her practice, she and her fiancé, Chris Witko, rebranded and just reopened Holistic Institute and Spa. Together, they are merging Ayurveda, somatic healing, integrative medicine, and modern energy science. Holistic is building community through its soul meetups, Science of Holistic Living, Uh, These meetups are beginning regularly in 2024. They will also offer uh, trainings in Ayurveda, Somatic Healing, Kundalini, and Tantra. Welcome, Paige. Thank you so much
1: for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I I know this is going to be a rich, fun conversation with you.
0: Yeah, and uh, just a little backstory. Paige and I have known each other Uh, We rode the school bus together, uh, (laughs) like when we were in elementary school and then have reconnected uh, several different times over the years. And now as we head into this deep, rich time of awakening uh, and um, well, as we enter into perimenopause and (laughs) and we are leaving and I don't want to say leaving motherhood but we've, we've have found ourselves in this new space to expand and reconnect with our divine feminine and, and the energy, uh, so that we can show up better for ourselves, for our children, for our partners, and just simply the community. Um, so I'm really excited about Paige's work in, Tantra and her upcoming workshops that she has planned for 2024. So what do you want to share, like, right off the bat? Because I know not everybody is even familiar with Tantra. Yes. Or they think, oh, my God, it's sex, blah, blah right? And, and it's like, yeah. oh my, you know, and it's so much more than that. I mean, I, I just have enough knowledge, right, to be dangerous with it. Yes. So I know that you spent four weeks in Italy.
1: yeah. That is deep. it, right yeah yeah so tantra is what i describe as neo-tantra is like really what came to the west this curiosity around um what we would call the kundalini or the sexual energy and i think it's been anything that comes to the west like is exploratory it's you know we have freedom and this country just kind of like it will take anything and like adopt it and modernize it. And, um, and I think that's a really good thing. I think that brings about a lot of healing and, um, and it definitely has brought the awareness. Right. But that's just one small aspect of what Tantra actually is. Um, And why I really focus on what I call classical Tantra is that I feel like these teachings that are, you know, very time tested and old and tried and true. They have a richness about them. So when we, if we go too far away from the original teachings, then the depth and the magnitude of these teachings can get lost on us. And so I do think neo tantra is fine and it's good, but I think that it can get. It's almost like something going too far in one extreme. It's it, it can get really confused from the the actual. Uh, I I believe these were like downloads from spiritual masters, if you will. And their consciousness is so high vibrational and so high frequency that it could get like bastardized, if you will. So it's not a bad thing. It's, It's opening up our awareness around sexuality. It's opening up a conversation about something super taboo. And yet at the same time, there's a spiritual practice that is absolutely phenomenal. And the richness of it, is 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 important, right? And it should be respected. So I feel like our curiosity is well intended, and at the same time, the richness can get lost upon us. And so I was just really curious to understand, like you're asking, like what 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 is tantra? And and the easiest, quickest explanation I can give is what my teacher Marco, who led uh, the training that I went to, have said, is that. It's the fastest process to ascension, spiritual ascension. And why is it the fastest process to spiritual ascension? It actually has to do with the kundalini energy rising. And because you are working with sexual energy, kundalini energy, sexual energy, it doesn't have to mean that you're having sex. It's sexual energy. If you can can access that energy, it will move you very quickly through an energetic process of awakening and purification of the emotional body. And I feel like that's vitally important right now in our collective consciousness because we're so wounded, and five thousand years of patriarchy has done a lot of damage. Right,
0: right. And I know that uh, men, many believe we are moving uh, into a matriarchal age, which I know can feel threatening, right, to our patriarchy and 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 the mask, the men in our lives, they're not really sure how to, um, respond or even embrace this per se. Um, but real quick to back up for those who don't know what Kundalini energy is, can, can you explain that just a little bit?
1: Yeah. So it's described to be in the root chakra at the perineum, at the base of the spine, you know, and it's supposed to say that this energy is coiled three times and it's described as like a snake. It's coiled three times, I think was why it's been associated as sinful and serpent energy. But really what that actually means is that this energy is dormant and until it is awakened, it lays dormant inside of us. And once that energy awakens, it moves through the chakra system, you know, through every single chakra up to the crown chakra where it finds its adobe or its home. And that is the spiritual awakening process. So um, I think it's been widely misconfused as dangerous energy. Um, and I think the reason that is too, is that when you take a, a, a sacred process and you don't go through all of the layers of purification that you need to go through in a manner that's um, not too quick or not too fast, but but something that's organic, if you will. Um, then you can go th- you can go through all the processes of the teachings and the learnings through each chakra has each chakra wheel has a, a wheelhouse of learning, right? It has a it has a a, a message, if you will, and so. Each of our chakras is a way for us to go through spiritual ascension through our spiritual process. And, um, and so, yeah, that's what the kundalini really energy is. And it is, it is um, our sexual energy, right? It comes from the, from the base, from the perineum. And, um, and so it can be activated, right, through, through, through sex. Um, and it can be awakened through sex. And it can also be organically awakened through spiritual meditation, through pranayama, through breath work.
0: Okay thank you thank you um for that because I know there there may be listeners out there who are like what are these what are these words what what does this mean you know why would i want to awaken my kundalini why why do i want mm-hmm. um, right so so you know if we're working towards awakening that energy right up to the crown chakra uh for transcendence right a, a different state of consciousness maybe access to mm-hmm. the divine right more intuitive uh, energy so that that we can move through our w- world, guided by this energy instead of, you know, I, I was listening to something the other day. Like, are you living from the neck up, right, all in your head, or actually, are you actually in your body, knowing and listening and understanding and really embracing? Are you connected enough to your body to know in which way? To move, whether it's with relationships or a career, any sort of uh, decision. I mean, it could be a simple decision. like how am I guided today to show up in the world? And when we're disconnected, we, we may um, make decisions we otherwise regret or right. and I don't I hate to say regret. I do think all decisions are are correct. Mm -hmm. uh and a part of our guidance system oh you know but a lot of times that's hindsight whereas if we're moving forward in touch and connected to the divine energy and the essence of who we are then maybe they're less uh and instead of a walking away with maybe shame or guilt we're moving forward with excitement and curiosity and expansion and growth
1: um yes and that and exactly what you're saying from the tantric perspective, there is no good nor bad. There is no right nor wrong. And this is all for our learning. It, right. It, and so there is no guilt. There's no shame. There's no right. There's no wrong. And that's what makes it distinguished from religious practices where you should feel shameful and wrong and bad. And how dare you, you know, um, and it, it creates a lower frequency when we think that we should be ashamed or guilted or wrong, or, uh, the tantric path is gives us permission to live fully and authentically in our bodies as our tool for spiritual advancement.
0: So, so why do you think, uh, religions, shame, sex and sexuality
1: so, so much Right. I mean, I think because it really, truly is the most powerful energy that we can access. And if we are in our sovereignty as a being, knowing that we are divine and that we are divinely guided and that we have this universal consciousness and that we're all connected, uh, then we're we're empowered as sovereign beings. And 5,000 years of patriarchy has wanted to take our sovereignty away from us. And we're victims, and we're traumatized, and we're wounded. And really, the tantric path is that we're divinely guided, and that we're divine, and that the divinity is inside of me, and it's inside of you.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of uh, the the Bible verse, and I don't know what because I, you know, I can't, but, but the kingdom of heaven, right? I think Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is found within,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I mean, well, we are, uh, we are created in the images of God, right? It, it, we are all connected. I, I'd like to think of my little analogy where um, if a glass breaks in a kitchen and the, let's say the glass is colorful and all the pieces scatter everywhere, they're different shapes, they're different sizes some end up in the refrigerator, some may be on top of the refrigerator in the dog bowl or in the kitchen sink or on top of the stove or whatever. We're still the glass. It's just broken, right? So we're mm-hmm. all if the glass is god or the divine or love or whatever you want to call it, um we are still the glass. We're just now having our own individual experiences, yet we're still one and one one essence essentially. Exactly. Um, and so that's
1: really what tantra also teaches. Like all the things you're saying are tantric because when we co- incarnate into a physical body, it's a condensed. It's 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 written in the text that we're like in a condensed knotted form, a smaller, um, condensed. Is like the glass is like a bunch of different pieces. We're a condensed version of the of the Godhead, and mm-hmm. and so when we incarnate into a physical body, we have forgotten that and we spend the rest of our lives. I don't know if you, you know, whether people believe in many lifetimes or when I say, I don't care if you believe in many lifetimes or you just believe in one time, to- one lifetime. But if, if you acknowledge that the divine is, is within you um, and that you're a condensed form of, of, of God consciousness, um, then, then you have the most um, deep process of self recognition inside of you and, and, and then you are sovereign beings. So everything that you do is the consciousness that you're creating within the reality that you're shape-shifting. It's like, you, you don't victimize yourself anymore. You take full sovereign um, responsibility of this divinity and the life that you were given as a gift. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, really, um, being able to take full responsibility for almost every every single decision we make in our lives. And as we do that, we, we um, you know, I mean, it really is, uh, always, I was just reading, oh my goodness. Uh, oh, I was listening to, um, I think, Dr. Bruce Lipton uh, podcast with him. And uh, I think it was that, I, I, I can't remember, but, you know, as soon as we do that, right, we, we, can, we can no longer... Attach ourselves, even to the victimhood mentality, right? Because I, I'm taking full responsibility. Nobody else has done anything to me. I am taking complete, total, full one hundred percent responsibility for every action, you know, and reaction that I have to the the even the situation or circumstances that I find myself in.
1: And as, as um, soon as you do that, that's the biggest ego death that you cannot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's the biggest ego death because the ego wants to externalize this experience. And when you get, like you were saying, you know, if you take full responsibility, um, and you own it, um, you take all your power back because otherwise you're just, you're just dispersing it. Right. Which makes me, uh, even,
0: I mean, I think that's why I've been sort of digging into this, the divine masculine and feminine energies and trying to understand those, uh, more completely, because so much of what we, I feel like over the last like 30 or 40 years with the rise of feminism and, of course, the patriarchy, we are very, I think, confused about what these two energies are and uh, even the the re- relationship
1: polarity. Um... Right. I mean, because like what I was saying, like if you take... Um the Tantra and you bring it here and you just talk about the sexual energy, just kind of bastardize it. It's like, we have created gender identities that um, I guess you could think of like the 1950s housewife that always like comes to mind. And we we now like through feminism, right? Like we, I, I went to a women's college. It's like, we completely usurped that. And like, you know, and ultimately, we have a a deep confusion about what the Shiva Shakti yin and yang divine feminine and divine masculine is because we have such a, a strong archetypal image of what a man and woman has been historically in say America of what the housewife is and the man that goes out and provides for the white picket fence. It's like, this has been this archetype that we know. And so if you go outside of that archetype of the white picket fence, the 1950s housewife, and all of a sudden you're a woman working in the world, and maybe a dad's a stay-at-home mom, you go outside of these gender roles, and it's like, okay, well, now we have permission, right? To be, It's like in some way we have permission to be sovereign beings, but we've completely lost the awareness around what these energies actually mean. And what I mean by that is they are polarities. They are opposite qualities. And each has a unique role to play and each has a unique essence. And as soon as we confuse that essence, that divine essence of the yen and the divine essence of the Yang, uh, we get super, super confused about our own divinity because these energies exist in the male and in the female. doesn't matter what you identify as. But if you're in relating in a couple, if you're in relating... You have to have one person that's carrying the yin and one that's carrying the yang to create polarity. Otherwise, it depolarizes the relationship. And that is huge. It is profound. And it's what you and I've been exploring and talking so intimately and deeply about because so much of our healing is around an archetype that did not work. It's an archetype that we were sold a bill of goods. And now we're all confused because we know we were sold a bill of goods. And now we're all trying to find our way back home.
0: Right, and I know, you know, The algorithm, like with social media, women, I I definitely either found them, right, or attracted them into my life, all kind of seeking the same thing. And I think that's because we are so disconnected from that, uh, our feminine nature. Absolutely. Um, And I know for me, my I don't want to say goal, desire is to more deeply connect with who I am and the essence of my femininity and feeling completely comfortable about it. It's crazy. You're either a whore or you're a Madonna. Like where's the middle and how can we show up, right? Right. Embodying, right? And so you see these women uh, embodying, doing all this embodiment work. How do we embody the feminine energy when we have been so disconnected from it, for so long and, well,
1: and and what I mean by like this archetype is we've been sold a bill of goods and women you know when we when we start to do this healing work as you and I know it's like well I'm supposed to be you know in the workforce pr- pr- productive, that's yang energy out in the world, being a productive citizen, which was like, you know, right. Like the feminist movement of women going into the workforce at the same time, I am supposed to have a perfect body at the same time. I'm supposed to have sex, like a porn star at the same time. You know, it's like, we're supposed to be the superwoman. And then we debunked the superwoman because we found out there are moms, you know, we had the, the our, our generation is teenage angst you know the teenage angst generation of latchkey kids it didn't work and it was the high that our generation was the highest divorce rate ever because the polarity was lost within the home and oh, so yeah. we we've been, we've been trying to find our way back home ever since because our moms well meaningly it's not their fault right. but well meaningly they 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 taught us you know to be these independent women that didn't need a man what do we need a man for if we can get all our needs met within ourselves? We don't. We don't need a man anymore. So we're angry and resentful and confused and and um and that's oh, when they're we... toxic. Paige, they're toxic. They're... they're toxic. Toxic masculinity. Toxic patriarchy. But here's the thing that I really discovered. And I know you've discovered this too, is that women are just as responsible for the patriarchy as the men, because we have a wounded feminine. We have. We have um, victimized ourselves. And that was really like my process of getting divorced is like realizing how much of a victim I had created within myself as such, such victim consciousness, so much blame and shame and, and anger towards the, my male partner when really I was angry at myself.
0: Oh yeah. I remember those days of just feeling angry. Um, and, and, you know, wanting to shift the blame right what what is the point one finger out three fingers are pointing back at you
1: yes um so so yeah so like with you saying like this divine feminine and this divine masculine um we have these polarities right that exist within within the feminine and the masculine like or whatever you want to be it doesn't matter what gender i want to make sure that i make that clear um you could be whatever you want, but you have the feminine and masculine inside of you. But if you are a woman with a vagina, I'm going to say that because the gender, you have a womb, you have ovaries, and you have female hormones. And that is a very unique and different process than the masculine that has testosterone. That they A woman is a literally a, a different being. I say this every 28 days of her cycle. She is literally a different woman every single day. And the man does not have that journey. And a woman has progeny and bears a child, which a man can never do. And so there are these things that are unique to the feminine experience of just because of our hormones alone and because of, you know, the, the energies of these hormones and the energies of our, um, you know, of our, of our anatomy. And it cannot be denied. It just can't. Because a woman is flowing with uh, hormones that are shifting like the tides of an ocean. And that means that she is uniquely emotional and a roller coaster and up and down. And the man just doesn't have that experience. And as soon as we can admit this to ourselves and that, that we can honor and respect our bodies for what they do and how they behave and what they're here to teach us, the energies that are flowing through our anatomy on the physical subtle energetic psycho spiritual layer is when we really begin to heal because we've come back home to ourselves and what's really honor honoring our experience honoring like you were saying just like when you started uh, when you, you were saying elizabeth like um going into the body versus the mind in that experience yeah. of like going into the body, the embodiment experience is a feminine process. It is a yen process of going into the physical anatomy of the body is very feminine experience in and of itself. So oh, the and body- then you think of our anatomy,
0: right? Our our um vaginas in, right? You have to welcome in at, whereas the male's experience is a little bit more external, right? It's out there. His anatomy
1: is even out there. And we it's- have this deeply mystical experience inward that you cannot see and identify it's not obvious right and, and so and, our experience right has to be going in and not obvious it has to be a mystical experience
0: and i and i think very much of that's connected to that getting in touch with your womb wisdom right it is life force you you can birth a baby it is life force energy you create from this space you create life from this 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 sacral chakra
1: yeah this is a really interesting way to look at it that was I understood it but a man explained it in a way that was like that is exactly what I I identify and experiencing as a woman who's who just like you has had two children and birthed two children so that is a uniquely feminine experience and it is um it is a way of walking home to your spirituality. Like any woman that's gone through childbirth knows it's one of the biggest spiritual uh, catalysts that a woman can actually go through. But with that being said, he said that a woman, because of her womb and her ability to bear children and having that menstrual cycle every single month, that she has a connection to the heavens that a man does not. Because the manifestation of an incarnated being comes through the woman's womb And that connects her to the divine and to the heavens because when a child incarnates into a woman, it is through the womb that that connection to the heavens occurs. And that is uniquely feminine. And as you and I both know, having a baby and going through the birthing process is the death of the girl into the womanhood. And that heroine's journey is so uniquely different than the male's journey Mm -hmm. of being a masculine male. And like this this work, this Um, expression is so important because if we look at the patriarchal system that took the power away from the woman to go into a hospital and birth a baby completely away from all of her wisdom and knowledge of her, 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 her doulas and the women that helped, you know, historically women were helping women birth babies. And it was, it was, it was a very sacred experience. We sterilized it And then we saw the highest rate of C-sections that we've ever seen and completely took that power and spiritual process completely away from the woman. And that's a travesty in and of itself because the sovereignty of going deep within the birthing experience alone is a woman's like right to have.
0: Oh, uh, oh yeah. I, I, it makes, uh, I don't know if it makes me sad. I don't know what the words would be, but you know, to think, right, women are, I, I mean, uh, you know, I do question how we even came to a place where we could believe or even uh, embrace, right? Something we have been doing for so, I mean, ever mm-hmm. uh, that I i, I don't want to say deceived, but deceived bec- because, you know, I had one in the hospital and one at home and by far it was the most... Profound experiences I have ever had, both times. Uh, I had a little, you know, but, you know, I mean, our bodies are designed so incredibly perfect. I think about it often. Uh, and to think that we need this surgical invention, in order, intervention in order to bring life into the world, sometimes I do wonder how we have, I mean, been, you know, bamboozled with with that information um and even just the fear of right i mean the fear of letting our bodies do what they are so incredibly designed capable of do. doing yes designed to do like yeah it's hard it's painful but again the body is i mean you 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 move through it and uh and you do see a trend toward more women having uh, bur- b- babies at home and even free births without any, any attendance at all. Uh, there is a big movement towards free births as well. Right now, women really getting into uh, getting more in touch with their, their physical body and understanding how their body works. You know, we're, we're focused on it all the time. Whereas I remember listening, you know, men, men are not with our cycle, right? They are more, they're just simply more disconnected, even maybe from, and I, I don't want to generalize, not all. Right. But we are, we're in we might we're, you know, seeing the the o b g y n or the the family doctor for cycles this that, and the other along the way. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, so you know, we're more in touch with, I think, even the the hormone fluctuations, whereas you don't see as many men uh doing that until maybe something's gone awry or something's gone
1: awry yeah yeah because it's not it's it's a a linear versus a cyclical process so the cycle is a cyclical process and they're in a linear process so like you said it's not until maybe they age and they start to get you know um erectile dysfunction or something like that that it brings that awareness of that vitality right center for a man um but for a woman like you said it's an intimate 28 every 28 days and you and I talk about this all the time, the purification of all our emotional, uh, our emotional well-being happens, you know, before our cycle. It's like we go through an emotional uh, shedding of all the things that occurred during that month that's so unique to the woman's experience. Um, so, yeah, so.
0: And, uh, and something that we all uh, women, I mean, for years We're kind of taught to dread. This is bad. Oh, oh, PMS, this, that, and the other When really. Oh my gosh, I embrace. uh, I mean, I'm still menstruating and I embrace that shedding of my uterine lining every month. I'm like, oh, hallelujah. Right. And you can feel the release as soon as day one hits. It's amazing. You know, just hours into day one of my menstrual cycle. All the buildup and the frustrations, and and I think right there before, like when you're listening to your body, the things that still need resolution come up. And I remember reading that in Dr. Christian Christian Northrup's book years ago, like right before your menstrual cycle, you know, things that are unresolved or issues that you may be having at work or with people in your life, relationships, significant others, children, all the things that that might need looking at, right, are, are, that mirror is held up right there before for the menstrual cycle. And then, oof, right, you can kind of like regroup for a minute and and you can gain insight during that time um yeah, absolutely. on how to, you know, make, again, d- decisions moving forward. There's a lot of insight. It is a time to listen to your body and go within and um slow down if you need to, right? You don't have to keep trudging through with like exercise, you know, really honoring those few days.
1: Yeah. um, Which we
0: also have not been taught to do.
1: Right. I think women have been, um, like from like all these things that we're talking about, like whether it be, you know, losing our sovereignty, um, through birthing through the hospital, uh, feeling bad that our periods are like, Oh, it's something to be, you know, um, it's like, Oh, like we, yeah, we were, we were taught to dread our periods and, Never were we taught to fully embrace all of this, you know, and we weren't taught about what what the cycle means, how we shift into. I mean, it was like, you know, talk about Dr. Christine Northup. I mean, it's only been in the last, I'd say, decade that like books about like twenty eight day cycle came out, and her work came out, and even the medical industry itself is patriarchal because pharmaceutical drugs, when they do trials on pharmaceutical drugs. They do them on men because women they can't put through the trial because of their 28 day hormonal cycle. They know that the drug it can't keep it. it's like it's not a controlled trial. So the, all these trials of these pharmaceutical drugs have been on men, and very few trials have been done on women. So women are given drugs you know that have been prescribed um, or the trials were done on men, and so like there, there wasn't even a understanding of how these drugs would impact women in their cycles. And we have the highest autoimmune conditions in women going through the roof because of our hormones and this like lack of understanding around it. So we've 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 been shamed around our our uh, birthing process or we've not been able to be in touch with our cycles. The drugs are not even made or created for us. So we're like in brand new territory And then we, like you said, we leave a patriarchal society. Women get super spiritual. They start to rediscover their bodies. They want to know about their orgasms. They want to know how to pleasure themselves. They want to know about their periods. They want to know how to birth their babies at home. And all of a sudden, it's scary shit. Because women have been not allowed to be in this this feminine experience for 5,000 years.
0: Right. And so what do you think uh, about this emergence right now during this? You know, during what I would call the Great Awakening, right, or the return to our sovereign sovereignty. Um,
1: why yeah. do you think? I think that we're. It's kind of like before we got on this call. I said I think we're in a we're in a crisis. We're in a crisis of the feminine. We're in the crisis of the masculine. And just like you and I were saying before, you know, like the Me Too movement. Like women have been so angry and so hurt and so traumatized that it's like we're there was this whole anger pointing the finger at men, but if we shame them and we talk about how bad they are and how wrong they are and how angry we are, which is still like, it's like, it's like we're purifying this out of our systems, you know, then they're terrified of us. And you and I both know this. It's like, as we cleanse and heal and rediscover ourselves and try to own our femininity, it scares the living shit out of men because they've been taught not to feel not to feel their feelings, not to cry, and all of a sudden you have a woman that's wildly emotional. What do you do with her when you're taught not to 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 to, to own your feelings, feel your feelings, cry? Or men have not been initiated into manhood,
0: right? And they haven't been taught how to embrace. Uh, I think many have not been taught how to embrace uh, the uh, the emotional, yeah, you know, uh, ups and downs, swings uh, of of a female. And so they don't, you know, it's that holding the container for this um, woman who is so feeling.
1: Well, that's the crisis
0: we're in. Um, right. Because, you know, oftentimes uh, they're told they're too much. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. You're too much. You're too much. Right. Women hear that. I, I know many women that I've talked to who have been told you're just too much.
1: Yeah, and, been told. <laughs> you know, I mean that's,
0: that's that that's, that's that then that, then you you know, as a as a female, whoa, maybe I should hold back, but then I'm not living authentically, right? And this, you know, my I named my show Unapologetic Living because I want to live unapologetically and and live as the essence of who I am. And that means feelings. And I am really saying, you know, now that my I have a couple kids, one that's launched the house you know, even just talking to his father, how different we are, like the mother is asked different questions than the father. And I don't know, you know, like, well, you know, did our son say anything? I don't know. No, not really. You you know, and, and just (laughs) knowing we are so, and, and being able to honor that and, and not really expect him to, to ask him those questions either, maybe, right. Maybe these expectations of, you know, him being too feeling right are almost ridiculous, ridiculous expectations of us because it's not necessarily in their
1: we have bones to do so. Yeah. Well, that's why I think we're in this like new territory, I guess you could call it a crisis because it's like a big massive experiment. It's like all of a sudden women are going into really this curiosity of what it means to be a woman in a modern world, and men, you know, have been shamed and wrong and felt and criticized, and you know, it's like, well, you know, they're responsible for patriarchy. Well, they're not responsible for patriarchy. What's responsible is the the top wealth of the world that controls all the resources, and we're 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 really in a war with each other, which is really sad because this this world that is uh, truly patriarchal is in the hands of a select few. And really, we need each other now more than ever. We need the healing to happen for the masculine and the feminine to be reborn in a new spiritual awakening, because we can come together and own our sovereignty in our own right. We will birth birth so much more together than we will alone. And I go to this place, Elizabeth, so much where it's just like, I'll just go it alone, but I know I need a man. I know that when I say I need a man, it's not because I need someone, but I am way more capable in this world with the masculine polarity in my life than just the feminine. If we ruled the world with just feminine energy, we wouldn't have electrical lines, the fire department. All these things that men do that women like scaling up rooftops and building roofs, you'd see a bunch of women building a roof, no building homes, put, putting up electrical lines, like carrying heavy equipment. Um, women cannot run this world without men. And I think that if we heal this internally between the man and the woman and and come together and unite um, there won't be so much power in the hands of a few because we'll be able to birth a new world. I mean, maybe this is like a um, an idealistic view I have, um, but I know that the opposite is deep suffering because when I got divorced, I cried my heart out multiple times to my ex and I just cried and cried and cried tears of sorrow that we couldn't come together and it was the deepest wounding. And I mean, it's, it, it's still my deepest wound is, and you and I know to break up a family is the most heartbreaking thing that you can ever experience because we all want to come back home to each other. We all want to unite. We all want to have that family unit or the collective or the, the consciousness of the collective. Um, and I don't know the answers, but I know we're an exploratory period. And I truly feel that this this polarity work, this the tantric work, the somatic work, the embodiment practices work, I feel like this is part of our awakening and it's very necessary right now. And for those who don't take this journey, I don't know that they get to realize, self actualize the experience that they really want to have in this lifetime.
0: I agree. The more the more I read, the more I uh, completely resonate with what you're what you were saying. I, I do believe that you know this um, inner marriage of the divine and masculine uh, within ourselves. Um, it has to be healed um, with, with, you know, the, the, the divine masculine. And that's why I'm so excited about you bringing Tantra workshops to our area. I think it's fantastic. Um, you want to talk about those at all? Cause I know you have some, yeah. a Valentine's yeah. day retreat coming up and, yeah. and then you have like, right. a a year long, not a year long, but three different weekends that build on top yeah. of one another. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, just real quick, like I mean, because I've been on this self exploration, and you and I've talked so intimately about these conversations over the last, I feel like, couple years of we've discovered all this, and um, and so as I am teaching the stuff, I'm learning it too. Like I don't have the answers, but I do know that I'm tapping into. It's almost like a um, uh, an excavation or a dig of this deep knowledge of the past that. I feel holds the answers or the keys. It's like, um, sacred keys that are getting opened inside of me. So, um, I have to be very vulnerable in saying that I'm going through this work myself right now. And with that being said, um, Chris and I were, you know, wanting a spiritual partnership and we went to Italy to really heal our own relationship. But also, we also knew that this was needed for humanity and it, it really took us home and, Man, have we hit up against some serious, serious like um work of our lifetime? And so we put together this couples retreat. And what we've done is take we've brought these teachings together and these embodiment practices and these like questions, and like it's like an excavation dig for the soul in one's relationship to begin to have the conversations that haven't been had, to experience and witness the the depths of our souls in ways that we 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 haven't yet experienced and so we've kind of cultivated this couples first um to because valentine's kind of came first within the air um to allow kind of this uh deep inner transformational work and i, and I will tell people when they go through this weekend we'll leave them with the tools but the work will happen way after they leave the weekend, because it'll be the integration that happens afterwards. Um, but we're going to bring this to light and share um, a month's worth of teachings in a very condensed time within a weekend, but it's very rich in what I feel we're covering. That's the couple's retreat, um, which is Valentine's weekend, the 16th and 17th. And then we will offer Tantra one, which is basically what we call emotional master- mastery, which is an exploration of the lower three chakras. So when we are talking about the Kundalini energy. Um, we talk about how that energy moves through uh, the, the first three chakras, which is really part of our emotional uh, mastery in, in the sense that that's where all of our shadow work is. That's where all of our wounding is. That's where all of our traumas are. That's where all of our um, fears reside and um and so you have to do one in order to go to two because if you haven't done two you can't you can't if you haven't done the the first three chakras you can't skip to the fourth one so that's uh, emotional mastery and then the second one will be in august and we're doing spring summer and fall so tantra 2 will be landing within the heart and we'll go deep into sacred sexuality and you don't have to be in a partnership to do this work tantra 1 2 and 3 and um, so we'll go. We'll spend the entire weekend in the summer um, going through um, the heart chakra and the heart consciousness. And then the third one, tantra three, is spiritual mastery, and it's working with the upper three chakras: um, the throat, the third eye, and the crown. And so, really, it's energetic uh, work. It's very much about the subtle energetic body, and tantra just is the place for doing this kind of work. I mean, the West has adopted uh, adopted a lot of stuff through psychology and somatic-based practices. I will say the activation of what I felt in the Tantra training is unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life in terms of the level of activation of the energetic body. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, I've been studying this stuff my whole life, just like you, Elizabeth, but I don't think I've reached this level of, wow, I finally... I finally kind of know what I'm getting into and it's real <laughs> and it's deep and it's fun and it's scary as shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I so much of the, 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 the stuff so- like you and I talk about all the time, the sovereignty, healing ourselves yeah. as sovereign beings. It's so deep.
0: Yeah. Layers and layers of onions have to be peeled back and it's a scary place to go.
1: It's super scary. Um, it's super scary because Oh my gosh, you and I talked about this. If I could actually live in the desire of the life that I really want to live, like, if, is that actually available to me? Do I have permission to actually live in full pleasure and purpose and desire and meaning? And I can have that. It's mine to have. Right. It's our birthright. It's our birthright, and we've been told our entire lives that we should be shameful, and this stuff is taboo, and that we, you know, we've not been given permission to fully activate our sovereign selves. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: so, I know one time you mentioned that the tantra path is a householder path. Why? Yes. Why? Why is that? What do? You...
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Um, so basically. All of their paths, religious paths um, have been that, you know, you turn, you renunciate your life to God and that you, you know, it's like asceticism, like, you know, the priest that gives up sexuality to live in service to God. So it's a renunciated path to uh, that's only available to a select spiritual few people that can have this direct divine Access to God. You had to be a priest or you had to be a spiritual master or guru or shaman or, you know, it's like only the, the spiritual people that have turned their life over to God can have this. Whereas Tantra was like, we can have this in every waking moment of every day, in every single life breath we take, is our spiritual journey. And it's it's a householder path because it's ours to have in this lifetime. We don't have to renunciate ourselves to go live uh, in a mountain or a monastery, to actually have the spiritual deep, rich experience of of the of the godliness within us because it's. We can experience it through eating a meal. We can experience it through holding hands with someone. We can experience it in putting our child to bed at night. We can experience it in a warm shower. We can experience it in breath work. We can experience it in meditation. The householder path gives you access to all of this. You don't have to renunciate life to have it. Mm, you don't have to a, wait till you die. You only, don't have to wait till your deathbed.
0: Right. Imagine... Uh... If everyone was living like that, right, what a better place this could be.
1: Yeah, I would say it's my goal to try to create heaven on earth. And I'll tell you, in trying to create the heaven on earth, I've had to go to the depths of my soul, just like you, sister. We've had to go to some deep places to unravel and just, yeah, I mean, just like, just go into a place where no man, no woman's gone before, (laughs) into the crevices of our yoni our wombs our uh the depths of our deep self-recognition in ourselves like not many women are are carrying this torch there there are but we're definitely probably looked at as out there and i know and, we are and, I and again anymore. partly it's uh you know
0: not feeling like they have permission to go there right or carry that torch letting go of um you have to kind of let go of what others think. Yeah,
1: you do. A- and, it, and it's
0: it's not easy. Oh, um, it's hard. It's hard. hard as
1: shit to know. But that. I know
0: the alternative. I would feel as though I was suffocating and drowning, and uh, definitely not showing up authentically or speaking my truth, which right manifest when 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 we aren't listening these things as a body worker, you know, I see it, this stuff manifests in our physical body. The body does not lie. Right. Elizabeth, and even our head, it just does not lie.
1: You told it to me best when I was married and I was um, having gut-based issues and I was trying to eat the perfect diet and you and I were doing these detoxes together. And I kept trying to just eat perfect and eat perfect and eat perfect. And one day you looked at me and you said, Paige, until you you're, until you're willing to look at your, your emotional life, your stomach's going to be upset. You can eat all the perfect food. You can do the perfect diet for your body type, but until you're willing to look at like the scary shit, you're not willing to look at, you're not going to get any better. And I was like, Oh my God, she's so right. And I had gotten down to like, I was scared to eat certain foods because I had intolerances to like everything. I mean, I basically at that moment in time was intolerant to half the food groups out there. And I was just eliminating and eliminating and eliminating. And I was getting sicker and sicker. And I was I was probably down to like 107 pounds at one point because I was scared to eat because my body was rejecting everything because I was rejecting myself. I was rejecting my desires, rejecting my needs. I was rejecting my vulnerability. I was rejecting my authenticity. I was literally rejecting myself. And so I just was withering away and people thought I was anorexic and I was sick and I was in pain. And it's just, as you said, I mean, the, the alternative, if you don't do this work Mm -hmm. is that your body will manifest sickness in some shape or form.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I see it, I hear it, um, talking to different people, but, you know, you have to be ready or willing or open to, um, you know, maybe, you know, you know, really stepping outside of your comfort zone. Really?
1: You have to be ready and
0: willing and, 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 and what, what is that quote? It it becomes so uncomfortable to stay in the little bud, right? I I forget the quote Mm -hmm. that you have to blossom, right? It's either you're going to die suffocating, Mm -hmm. right? And, and which one, you know, which one,
1: gosh, I wish I had that quote nearby, yeah, but you're explaining it beautifully. It's it is. It's the bud. It's like you 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 will never fully open into yeah. into that beautiful flower if you stay in the bud.
0: Right. And, you know. And of course, you think about the butterfly story. Um, you know, the the little caterpillar thinks he's dying, right? Until oh oh my gosh, I'm a butterfly! Holy cow! Like going into this cocoon, this dark place, very dark, right? Shadowy place, and then emerging as this amazing, beautiful butterfly that's free, liberated, flying. Mm. Um, so, you know, I know that we're in our mid-40s. That's pretty awesome. It's kind of uh, exciting to be in this space, I think, um, and entering into perimenopause. I know, right, so so much of this is about sexuality uh, and uh, mm-hmm. sexuality and, then- and spirituality and, and the connection between those two, but... Um, I know for me, as I enter into and go ahead into uh, probably that uh, my libido is definitely kind of wild right now Uh, for me. And I feel like for me, it's because I know that these baby making years are coming to a close. I find myself ravenous for more. I know, whereas some other women's libidos are dropping off and you know, I listen to all kinds of amazing women out there, and uh, with you know these libido story, uh, with you know what we are now deeming common is not necessarily normal. What do you think is going on with uh, women's libidos right now?
1: I'm glad you asked. I think that women that are losing their libido in their forties, it's because they're lacking that that feminine processes that we've been talking about all along, because. If you aren't willing to nourish your feminine and you just deny it and you um, let it go, if you will, and you just um, kind of abandon it, like that bud, that that metaphor is so perfect. It's like, well, if you're not going to let it truly become a flower, then it's just um, all that potentiality is just in a knot, in a bud. And it doesn't actually get to realize its full potentiality. And I feel like the beauty of the 40s if you will, is there's this recognition of the feminine soul, knowing that she's come to her full flowering, if she'll allow it. And then you can own your sexuality and you're in a way that's like, beautiful, so sacred and beautiful. But if you if you don't unlock that potentiality, then your libido dies, because you're, 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 You're letting go of your full full life force. I mean, your Kundalini energy, your sexuality is your life force. It is like, it is the greatest potentiality of expression. And so the women that lose out on that, I would invite them to really own their bodies, own their lives, like, because women let their bodies go they give up. They say, okay, I'm aging. I got the pregnancy weight after my babies. I never took it off. It's like they just give up. They give up on their partners. They give up on themselves. They give up on their bodies. They give up on their sexuality. And um, and you and I are probably like, right? Having these great libidos and ravenous at this time because we're willing to be that flower. We're willing not to let it go. We're willing to... Uh, I mean, I'm the same thing. This perimenopausal years are just so fascinating because um, I feel like we're coming into our full potential, honestly. And it and it, it's it's scary and it's 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 fun and and it and it and there I feel like there's so much more for us to access too. And I know that it doesn't listening to now women in their 50s and 60s and 70s having great sex like it's because they they continue to be the flower rather than the bud. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, you know, I have. I, I mean, yeah, and, and I hate to hear it when they, when, when women are not wanting to participate. You know, I, I feel like they're missing out on on so much, and it doesn't even have to be partnered, right? Like you can still have a very full. Um, you can tap into and, and and if you aren't partnered right getting in touch with the essence of your feminine will help you draw in
1: mm. and attract
0: right that
1: well because your magnetic masculine
0: counterpart energy.
1: absolutely your magnetic sexual energy mm-hmm. if you like you said if you're not partnered and you do this work and you tap into it on your own you will become such a magnetic being that yes men will want want that they will want to experience because men want to experience the essence of the feminine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's what I feel like, that's what makes the world go around. Honestly. I mean, we're the ones that create and birth children. What, what makes the world go around than women men do this work when a man is in his masculine power, he wants to be of service to his woman. And, um, uh,
0: absolutely.
1: And so, yeah. So, um, women that choose to do this work alone will blossom into that flower and that if you go out into a forest or you're walking around that flower draws your attention to it if you go into a garden you see these beautiful flowers like you want to stop and smell the roses you want to Mm -hmm. you want to experience that and um so if you're fully in in, and you're not a bud but you're a flower um everyone's going to take notice in fact it's funny that you say that because when i started waking up to my sexuality my kundalini energy and i went through this whole you know, awakening process. Um, all of a sudden I saw men look, I, I was like, I haven't had have men look at me in years. And all of a sudden it was like, I was at the gas station and see men. I went to a restaurant. I'm like, I think it's because I was like, I had wakened up my sexuality. It's not that I needed or attracted or wanted to be with any of these men. I was just like, oh my God, I'm actually being looked at now. I wasn't being looked at when I was like in that bud form because it's it doesn't even matter what's going on in the physical. We're all energetic beings. Information travels through the morphic field. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you know, even just like, just right. It's a vibe, right? When you went in, in any sort of attraction to friends or lovers, or there's an energy that you feel either drawn to or even, um, you know, repelled from.
1: Right. And there,
0: there's some energies that you're like, mm, mm-mm, nope. And if you're listening to your body and in touch with your body, you can better discern, you know, is this an energy that's going to lift me up and help me grow and expand? Or is this an energy that's going to pull me back or feel heavy or or um, closed off? But because of the disconnection from our bodies for so many, we don't necessarily read those, you know, vibes or vibrations as clearly. Right.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, when we, when we're in a situation, I I love this expression of it's either a hell no or a fuck. Yes. It's like, yeah, your body will tell you if it's a hell no, or it will tell you if it's a fuck. Yes. And if you're confused about either of the two, then, 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 then it's time to like go inward. Right. It's time to like really listen. Um, because our body, the feminine body is highly intuitive.
0: Yeah. And, if, and, if, if, and, if, and female and,
1: intuition is, I mean, they say, they talk about the female intuition for a reason because it's female intuition. Is how women are highly intuitive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay. So I, we're going, to, we're right at about an hour and I don't want to take up too much of your time. Tell me where, where the audience can find you, where they can learn a little bit more about the workshops coming up your Instagram handle, your website, all those goodies.
1: Yes. So the Tantra couples and Tantra one are on the webpage now. And then the other ones will come up in the next day or two Tantra two and three will be coming up any day now, like for the next, probably in a day or two. So it's holistach.life. H-O-L-I-S-T-A-C-T-E-C-H dot life. And um, just click on Institute workshops and the Tantra uh, workshops are there and then um uh my um instagram handle it used to be love yourself underscore page where my old content is um but we rebranded to holistech.life on instagram so it's the same thing dot Life, and um that's my instagram handle and it just shares to facebook um and it's the same handle hellistech.life on, um, or Tech Life on, on Facebook.
0: All right. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. As always, I love talking with you on all the things, on all the things we talk about, all the good juicy stuff. Um, yeah. I appreciate you so much for, uh, coming on the show today and I'm sure we'll have other conversations. Yeah. I just
1: want to thank you for being such a dear friend as I've gone on this journey and joining me and all my crazy conversations of, of all of this, like just, you've been a crucial instrumental part of my journey. Um, and I appreciate you.
0: Likewise. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye.
0: If the conversation Paige and I resonates with you at all in any cell of your body, Be sure to register for her upcoming Valentine's Day weekend workshop. If you register with the promo code Fusion15, you can save 15% for you and your loved one to up-level your relationship. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Unapologetic Living. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please be sure to share it, like it, subscribe. Please feel free to add any comments or send me any messages. You can always find more information at fusionstretch.com. And if you are really interested in learning more about the self-love leap and the 29 rituals and daily practices, you can find my book on amazon.com. I look forward to sharing with you more amazing individuals and interviews around living unapologetically and how to peel away the layers so that you feel free and liberated to do so.